0: Hello everyone and welcome to another Well Played Podcast, a podcast all about playful learning. Together we explore games, game mechanics, and the power of learning through play. With me I have Andrew Julian, his Twitter handle is at AndrewJJulian. Andrew and I today are going to be talking about VR or virtual reality, Uh, I'd say in a gamified class, but we may wander into just all purposes for this. Uh, but before we do, Andrew, why don't you introduce yourselves? This is the first-time guest here to Well Played.
1: Yeah, well, I first want to say I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, my name's Andrew Julian. I'm a middle school and high school science and computer science teacher at the Colorado Springs School in uh, in Colorado.
0: Oh, man, I'm jealous. Colorado was like my favorite like kid trip we took. I'm from Wisconsin. We drove all the way out there. It was just Beautiful country. I promised my mom when I turned 16, I'd, I'd drive back there with her. I I never did that.
1: Oh, you got to make it back here. The, the weather's, the weather's still gorgeous. It's a kind of an atypical December. So we, uh, we're excited for some snow, but I'm, I'm not going to deny the, uh, the warm (laughs) weather here in December is still pretty nice.
0: Nice. Um, so you said you teach seventh grade and social and not social and some high school science classes.
1: I do, I do. At a little independent school, um, there's a lot of opportunity to to try your hand at some different content areas. So I, I definitely appreciate teaching the middle school kids and the upper school kids. I think it kind of keeps good perspective for you know good good teaching and learning.
0: Nice, nice. So we're gonna start. We're gonna dive right in here, you and me. All virtual right. reality, like uh, yeah, what. What experiences do you have using virtual reality kind of at all, maybe even personal or uh, professional?
1: Oh, I'm, the uh, the opportunity to use some VR equipment is actually pretty new to me. Um, I know that it's kind of been around for a while, but um, mostly in the gaming platforms. Um, and, and you know, when the opportunity presented itself for um, Myself and, and some of my colleagues to get our hands on the equipment. We jumped at it right away, just because we wanted to explore. And I think that was the the big thing um, with us is we saw the value of it and the enthusiasm of the you know of students who have been able to play it before. And we were like that you know this is something we we definitely want to look at and we want to figure out how to get into our classrooms because there's clearly an interest and an enthusiasm and a engagement and empowerment component. Um, and we just really, you know, like I said, wanted to think about how do we use this for an educational benefit? So, um, what kind of equipment? The equipment yeah. What kind of equipment do uh, you have? Uh, we, we kind of have a souped up gaming computer right now. And then, uh, we're using the HTC Vive as the, uh, the VR equipment. Um, you know, that's just the, the, one that was suggested to us, nothing against Oculus, which is the other prime brand there. Um, most of the software that we're using is uh, compatible with both of those platforms. And the other benefit is once you have the um, the computer set up and the, the headset, um, most of the software that we're using uh, for prototyping and trying things out came um, free. So we're using uh, Google Blocks and Google Tilt Brush, which were both programs that came um, free when we purchased the Vive. And then there's some game development software uh, like Unreal Engine 4, which is the one that we selected, which is also uh, a free download for educators. So it seems like even the uh, the individuals in the industry uh, are giving teachers the opportunity to really use the software to, to create some cool content.
0: Wow. Uh, so I just, as you were chatting there, I just uh, brought up uh, Vive, HTC Vive on Amazon. Um, I mean, it is pricey, but at the same time, it is. But it at is. the same time, not not too pricey. Mm-hmm. I mean, these things have come down. I remember when Oculus Rift, Rift first hit the like possible scene, like you really actually could mm-hmm. get your hands on it. Uh, the HTC Vive is six hundred brand new, but then you would need, like you said, a gaming PC to kind of go with that.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, in our, we worked with our, um, uh, we got some suggestions from Google cause we were able to link up with them. Um, and we also were looking at the feasibility of kind of mocking up our own. Um, and I'm sure if there's someone in your technology department, uh, that would be able to order the right parts, it's mostly, a, you know, a fast processor and a really high end, not even high end, just a really quality, um, graphics card, uh, was the biggest thing. So it's, you know, it's not not like the supercomputer of all supercomputers, but I think um, someone who has a little bit more technical knowledge than me could get all the right pieces um, kind of put together where you wouldn't have to go out and, you know, buy a, a brand new device. But, I mean, there's even some of the um, the software like Unreal Engine. You can create virtual reality experiences um, without the HDC Vive setup. So, um, it's nice for testing it and simulating it, but you can still build those environments for like a mobile platform uh, where students could uh, use it almost in like the Google Cardboards. Um, those platforms allow you to design for different end users, not just the the full-blown virtual reality setup. So that's in terms of accessibility, that could be a great option to uh, use the software that you know that really quality gaming development software and create for mobile devices that you know the majority of our students have access to or our schools have access to.
0: Do you know what's the software name?
1: Uh, so we're using uh, Unreal Engine 4, it's from Epic Games, uh, and it's uh, taking me a little bit to get used to just because it's not something you know I have any history with, but there's a ton of. Um, resources from Epic Games um, about the, uh, you know, how to use the engine to produce for different platforms. So it's just kind of for me right now, I'm trying to, you know, forge the waters and figure out what's the, you know, what sort of resources do we need to expand its use within the classroom? So I'll explore the unknown waters to... To figure to make all the mistakes so that other people don't have to, but it does make it more accessible for more students. And I know that's the ultimate impact. So I don't think people need to get discouraged that oh, I don't have a HTC Vive or I don't have a you know Oculus Rift and a you know gaming computer. You can still create these experiences um, using those platforms.
0: Uh, for this Unreal Engine, just quickly, uh, what's like the tech level for? you know, coding inside that? I mean, is it, is it graphic based? Is it, is is it coding? What, what are we looking at?
1: So I, uh, we selected the Unreal Engine um, because it has both sides. It's got kind of um, the uh, more artistic elements. It kind of reminds me of like Google SketchUp, kind of that three-dimensional construction platform, but it also has the C++ uh, coding side or the programming side. And uh, with us trying to pursue a little bit more of a robust computer science program, uh, we like the option to have both sides, kind of a designer side, but also the the programming right. side, so we can hit that from multiple angles.
0: That's pretty cool. Um, now, I'll admit, now taking a step back, trying to think of everyone out there, um, what are some other possibilities that might be an easier entry point for for everybody out there? Have you played around with other...
1: Like VR um, yeah, experiences. You yeah the, my, Cardboard. yeah, my first real experience was with Google Cardboard. Um, and, uh, I, I actually remember my first one. Our school takes, uh, our middle schoolers on, um, we call it seminar one. It's a kind of a camping expedition trip to start school. And last year we hiked, uh, a, 14er a 14 or a 14,000 foot, um, mountain. And I took my phone up and on the, um, the Google, one of the Google apps, you can take a 360 degree image, and then you could uh, view that in your Google Cardboard. So I took a 360 degree image. And then when I came back to school, I could show people, you know, exactly what I saw in 360 degrees, just within cardboard. So that was just with my phone and, uh, you know, a $9 little foldable, you know, VR experience. And then you know, that could be where students are taking 360 degree pictures of different environments or kind of cataloging a good trip or um, something along those lines. But you could you could get involved for, you know, pretty inexpensive. Um, and then they also have um, expeditions is a an application from Google where they have taken their um their 360 degree camera equipment or their Google Street View equipment and have gone all over the world um, and have created kind of guided experiences where you as the teacher um, can lead all of your students who would have the viewers um, through some sort of, it's a little bit more scripted, but it is pretty immersive and gives them the opportunity to really look around uh, and kind of experience something um, without, you know, it being 100% directed so they can get in these areas and look around and make observations and have discussions about different cultures or uh, what do they notice about these particular places. I've seen um, games where they uh, pop into different places and have to guess where they are in like a world geography course based on, you know, what they see around them. So it's, it's done a lot to, uh, I don't think it necessarily supplants, you know, the experience of being there, but it makes it accessible to kind of look at, um, to jump around a little bit, you know, more easily. But that is something that could happen with just, you know, a bring-your-own-device style setup. Um, and Google Expeditions is an app that's also free.
0: Nice. Um, I'll admit my experience with VR is is pretty limited. One that I've used, uh, my colleague Chuck Taft gave me the idea of using RoundMe. Have you ever heard of that?
1: Mm-mm, I haven't.
0: Uh, so it's just roundme.com, and there's a, you know, there's all sorts of pricing levels, but one of them's free. Woo, that's our favorite flavor, is teachers. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. And uh, it's really it, it plays on what you talked about with the 360 camera, so you can build out your own sort of VR experiences by taking 360 degree shots or downloading those off the internet and kind of putting together mm-hmm. these experiences, and they can really move from. Room to room or place to place, and get that sense of that experience. So, you can kind of have like a story arc, if you will. You can embed little, uh, you know, buttons and stuff they can click on with inside the VR experience. So, if you were up on that mountaintop and you knew the name of all the other mountains, you know, you could put little like info cards on each mountain that they could kind of interact with. Um, I mean, it is interesting to put people in that experience. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that that's one of the things that, you know, in education, I think VR is, is on a similar trajectory of, uh, 3d printing, you know, like we Mm -hmm. all know it's Mm -hmm. pretty cool. We all know that it's like, wow, there's, there's something there, but we're not quite certain how to like truly harness its power. Um, but I think better than 3d printing, uh, like you like you had mentioned, these these can be little virtual field trips for people that are like we're from Wisconsin, we're never gonna send kids to the Alps or to the trenches of World <laughs> War One. But right. that's exactly what um Chuck Taft did. He actually took a three sixty camera as he went to the trenches of World War One this summer and recorded himself like walking these trenches and seeing these stuff and then he could put it into an experience like ground me. And now our our little kiddos, our little eighth grade kiddos from Wisconsin, literally walked the trenches with with their teacher. Like that's a pretty cool experience.
1: Yeah, I I like that it kind of you know almost crosses that that time and space uh, conundrum that sometimes we as teachers often encounter. Um, I'd like to do this, but I don't have the time, or I'd like to do this, but I don't have the you know. I can't get to where I need to go. So I think it, it presents an, a really unique opportunity to kind of break through what had previously been uh, some pretty common barriers for teachers to really provide more robust experiences for their students.
0: Yeah. I mean, another – I don't know if you count this as VR because it's not its not immersive. It's not like with the glasses. But, I, I mean, what I guess I'm going to count as my first VR experience for students in my classroom was – Probably about three years ago, I used Minecraft in my classroom. And, you know, to have them be at home working in a virtual space together collaboratively on an experience that I could not recreate in class. Like I was doing a history simulation where they had to manage resources and build a society. There's like no way I could do that. But it was a virtual experience.
1: Yeah, I think it, you know, you might have the, uh, someone who's a, you know, purists say, oh, it's not because it wasn't 100% immersive. But I think it plays to the same goal of creating an environment or taking students to a place uh, that really enhances their particular learning experience. And I think that's where uh, one of the places that I'd like to take VR is to, to link it up with my gamification or my game in my classroom. And uh, it just allows you to have a really awesome opportunity to provide this incredibly dynamic narrative to not just tell the story, but in certain scenarios where it's appropriate, show the story or to have them be the story. you know, yeah, it, you know, actually. I, 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 they feel like they are the characters, but sometimes dropping them into that environment makes them feel even more like the characters. And so I think it it really helps with that narrative, with the, the theme, you know, um, you're talking about making their avatars potentially incredibly, you know, detailed and robust over just, you know, a two-dimensional form. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but there sure. would be... More than likely, a greater time investment, the potential for more attention to detail, and I, you know, ultimately a higher level of ownership. Whenever they're really, you know, investing in a particular element.
0: So sometimes I like to do that, where, you know, I mean, dialing the conversation back a few runs. No, here, that's fine. You said, uh, you know, so many times in education we have that that big but word, you know, like ah, mm-hmm. I would but, and, um. I mean, it sounds like your class, you've, you've fallen yourself with, you found yourself with some niche products, uh, some backing, mm-hmm. some help from Google, like, you're, you are the butt, like, I wish I could, <laughs> but, you know, but thinking about it, what I like to do sometimes in that moment, whatever it is where we have that, butt, is I try to think, let, let's, let's pretend I had it all. What would be the things mm. that our students would experience and you just talked about, like, how educationally beneficial it would be. Like, right, if I had an unlimited budget, I would love if my Realm of Nobles, which is my game, mm-hmm. yeah, I wish there could be, like, a virtual experience where they, like, walk through and there would be, like, a town and a courtyard and the quests would be actual locations they go to. Obviously, sixth grade social studies teacher, that's never, ever going to happen. So that's a, just a ginormous. But But if we look towards the future and we look towards the what could be? I think that there are things we can recreate on a limited experience that would still get some of those things, you know, so don't just throw it out. Don't like teachers out there that are listening don't just say, "Well, I can't do that." If we know that there's educational benefits there or immersive benefits, I mean now, for example, my dot com that is <laughs> what I can cobble together as a virtual experience that is, that is my video game but it is really just a series of pictures that they just click on the castle and then it loads up a picture of a you know now we're in the castle yeah. but um so clearly like 1% virtual reality <laughs> but at least i'm getting some of like i feel like i'm getting 20% the benefits of virtual reality and yes i have a 1% experience but
1: i mean it's all this i mean Regardless of the tool, it's the same kind of idea is how do you create, you know, an environment regardless of structure or, you know, percent of immersion or anything like that that really just, you know, grabs their attention and, you know, empowers them to want to, you know, make the best of that particular opportunity. And, um, you know, I, I it's not lost on me that I, you know, I'm in a very fortunate situation with the tools that I have. And that's kind of why I want to, you know, really push the envelope because, you know, two months ago, I was just a middle school science teacher who had never put himself inside virtual reality before either. And, you know, the, the possibilities are there. And so I don't, I don't want people to get discouraged just because they don't have the equipment. If an opportunity presents itself with the same idea, to to tackle it so whether it is you know a website or whether it is using google cardboard or some of the opportunities that already exist or you know taking the opportunity to download unreal engine and kind of just explore and see what they can do with it um sometimes knowing what tools are available to you like you said for for free give the opportunity for you know us to explore the potential for implementation so and i am still pretty new to um, computer science in general as well it's just that willingness to try that I think has really helped me along
0: yeah it's that entrepreneurial spirit that I think <laughs> teachers have you know we want to go
1: mm-hmm.
0: we're gonna tackle that especially if it's our students on the line like we're gonna we're gonna figure this stuff out as best we can yeah um, absolutely yeah so the the experience of virtual reality is, that we're able to put some of the sensations right we're, we're awakening <laughs> parts of our mind uh, in a fabricated situation like we're almost we're, I mean, we literally are tricking the brain right uh,
1: to a certain degree it's yeah it's pretty pretty wild
0: <laughs> yeah no I mean when you look into the science it's it's fascinating uh, what we're doing but I think it's a perfect topic here about gamification or with gamification because mm. It is that sort of same brain-based science like we're trying to activate the parts of our brains that that bring in joy that bring in curiosity that 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 pop of excitement um that drives that learning uh and that is authentic like that's not that's not a trick that's not chocolate covered broccoli this is brain science (laughs) right (laughs) you know Right, right, right um and when you trick that brain and feel like you're on top of Mount Everest, like you are getting the same sensory inputs. When you take that 360, the only sensory inputs I'm not getting is smell and I guess temperature. I mean, unless you really wanted to to put your vibe outside.
1: We, We could drop the thermostat a little bit. I think that would,
0: um, yeah, but, uh, it's, it's truly. I mean, you would be in that spot. Like you're, you're as far as your brain's concerned, you're there, um, and that's that's just awesome. The the potential and the possibility. I'm curious how many people out there have. Like, would wish for that ability if 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 they could. You know, like I'm curious. You know, would everybody want their game to be built out to that level?
1: I mean, I think there always needs to, be, you know. <laughs> moderation and everything I think is sometimes, uh, put out there, but I think even every once in a while, um, it, you know, I think it's fun to really push it to the limits. I, you know, if everybody did it, it would, you know, you, I think you've mentioned before in one of your other podcasts if everybody gamified, you'd almost lose some of the effect or you'd, re- you know, kids might reach a saturation point to a certain degree. So I, I think it's kind of in that same, um, in that same idea that, you know, every once in a while, man, it's going to feel so special. Um, if you could create that opportunity for those students, um, it doesn't have to be like that every day. Um, and to a certain degree, it shouldn't, I think there's, you know, a variety keeps everything fresh. That's the, you know, the, you know, 150 items. I think you said that, you know, that, that variety is what keeps that element of, yeah. of intrigue going that when it becomes predictable, it's almost as if you're, you're, losing the value of that so um it's you know it's not as if i i I really don't think it's my goal to make my whole game in virtual reality but there's certain elements to that um or opportunities there to use it that is going to make that experience for that particular student who finds that easter egg or something like that unbelievably special
0: yeah and like i mean you're you're just creating another opportunity so when we look at it like all of our tech coaches kind of tell us, right, that like technology is a tool. Like you're not mm-hmm. you're not doing the project, you know, just to use the tech. You're using the tech to augment the project. So mm-hmm. um, I like your point, you know, as long as you, you know, all things in moderation.
1: Um, well, I mean, you ha- you have to be thoughtful. It's the same technology versus, you know paper argument you whatever tool is appropriate for the task is the tool that you should use and i think a lot of times we need to be really pragmatic about that um whatever's best for the learning experience is you know kind of almost an obligation that we have as teachers to to provide that best learning experience and you may really want to make it you know a technology lesson but if that technology does more obstruction than productivity, then you you really need to be honest with yourself and say, that's probably not the best idea. And it's the same thing, you know, in this particular sense too, that, you know, going too far with, with this or using it too much is only going to degrade its impact in certain scenarios.
0: Yeah. I will say though, just to, just to like motivate us a little bit and inspire us. No, that's,
1: Oh, I'm, I'm ready. (laughs) Like,
0: uh, I mean, I totally agree. You know, use the right tools. Be pragmatic, but you know, at the same time, we we had we, you you had just mentioned, you know, all things we got to take all things in moderation. How much how much virtual reality do we do right now? <laughs> Zero. So clearly,
1: that's true. That's clearly true.
0: We're out of balance. If this is an appropriate yeah. tool, and I think right, we're, we're technology wise, we're getting to the point where it is an appropriate tool. It mm-hmm. might not be. Mm-hmm downloading unreal and coding it but it but like round me where my fellow teacher you know just recorded a 360 walk in in one of his history trips Mm -hmm. and now he can use that i mean that is a perfectly educationally appropriate not super hard for us to code or do um Mm -hmm. that's awesome so like i do encourage us all to like not become because you can hide behind your statement you right hide right, behind, right right like well it's quicker just to have them read a paragraph about the trenches you know but it's a whole nother thing to walk side by side with your eighth grade history teacher in the trenches like that's pretty amazing
1: oh so, no i i definitely agree like well i mean you know quickness efficiency what's best you know and I, I would agree that walking through the trenches is a better educational experience for this particular students. Um, I, I, not even a doubt in my mind. And you know <laughs> what I mean? It's, it's, it's uh, uh, no question to me.
0: No question. I love it.
1: No question. I mean, and the other thing is, and this is what I, I hope to do, and once again, um, I really want to contribute. It could be an opportunity where um, as people slowly gain access to these resources, um, there's a lot of stuff already out there that you can download and use. Um, just like any, you know a lot of other educational um, platforms or resources. And um, so the the idea that you know I could create something uh, and it can be out there and downloadable for people who have the resources, you know, on mobile devices or depending upon which program I, you know, created it for. These are really readily shareable and downloadable and usable. So we just need to create that inventory of resources that's kind of already available for other technology uh, applications. We just need to almost follow that model and create this repository of things that teachers can use and get them involved in a, at a level in which they're comfortable. Because um, like you said, downloading Unreal and then, you know, Getting right to storyboarding and programming is not necessarily the most practical way to implement it, but if you had the resources and could download quality material, sure, that gets like your foot that gets your foot in the door.
0: Yeah, like a lot of these softwares or communities, you know, there's already like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or even like Kahoot, you know, there's just a shared lesson bank where people can just say, well, I teach China, so let's whoop, let's grab these questions. Um, yeah, if there was these kind of pre-built by other educators doing similar things
1: well and then you say to yourself all oh, this is really neat i want to figure out how to do this and you know it it just empowers you more To when you see your students thrive in that environment you you, you get on board and say okay this is something i is i can see is worth my time for my students
0: sure well andrew it's uh it's that reflection time now. We I mean can you believe it we're already at 28
1: minutes. This time flies. I, I can't I this is just such an exciting. <laughs> we didn't even get to talk about gamification. <laughs> <laughs> so, those of
0: you that stuck to the end hoping we we're going to talk about gamification, that's going to be Andrew and I's next chat. Um but you ready for reflection time?
1: Absolutely. always need to reflect. So that you can uh, find the value in what you just did.
0: That's right. All right. So in the spirit of virtual reality and some of the things we touched upon, I thought I'd dip into the philosopher bag here and pull out Soren Kierkegaard's quote, Life is not a problem to be solved, but a reality to be experienced. How does that hit you with today's topic?
1: Um, it, it kind of hits me almost it with a general you know, perspective. Perspective on education um, and, you know, virtual reality coming into it is that, you know, if your students walk into your classroom and they just feels that they're going to be hit with things that they 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 just have to do in order to get through the day, they're not really going to be as empowered to really see the value in that. Whereas giving them the opportunity to really make their own experience or um create an environment where they feel comfortable and can thrive and push themselves. uh, I I think it's just something that I and, you know, most educators really strive to do is create opportunities for students, um, open doors as as opposed to, you know, put up roadblocks for success. And I think when you look at saying, oh, uh, life is not a problem to be solved. It's not a hurdle to overcome. It's an experience to really inspire you and empower you, so that you can really enjoy your life and pursue your passions.
0: Nice. I'd uh, pretty much echo some of the same things. That you know, I I hope that in my classroom, I'm building out experiences because I really feel like when I look back upon my elementary and middle, it was the thing. The memories I have are all the the experiences i either have memories of my science labs my history simulations you know other sort of advisory sort of activities i you know i don't remember the lecture about the civil war i don't remember you know so i guess when i hear that quote i take the first half life isn't a problem to be solved as like just the rote memorization stuff that sometimes we can get caught up in in school and we as teachers can say see i taught them something they didn't know these facts now they do but they're just cold facts like that we're just patting ourselves on the back like that is not a sustained growth that is just a momentary growth that will Mm -hmm. more or less fade away but i think when you like sear on to their their brain these experiences cause it's a reality that you're forever changing their trajectory so that's that's what I take from the quote,
1: oh no i I definitely agree with that as well. Every opportunity that we have to really show them the the value and what they're doing every day and how it's gonna you know benefit them in the future through positive experiences and learning, I just that leaves a good taste in their mouth, and so they're really really likely to you know to continue that process of being a lifetime learner,
0: yeah, well, Andrew, thank you for joining the well played like crew uh it was awesome having you
1: well no i i appreciate the opportunity and uh i'd love to do it again actually talk gamification next yeah, time hopefully we're... hopefully i have some more you know virtual reality stuff to contribute you know solid examples like I said i'm you know kind of building the plane as i'm flying it a little bit but you know no, definitely. more more concrete examples I'd, I'd love to be able to say you know here's what's actually happening so
0: so we'll definitely have you back on for both of those, because I would love oh, to God. talk to you about just just solid gamification. Because you guys don't know, Andrew has done full course gamified in the past. He switched schools and he's you know doing some more like lesson or unit gamification now, building up, ramping up to another year-round sort of gamification. So we definitely want to have you on for that. And then as you uh, work up the foothills of virtual reality, we. We'd love some reports along the way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's exciting. It's exciting. It's you know more people uh, that want to get interested. I'd love to connect with them, um, and you know, create a little network because the more people we can get on board and and move and the you know the faster that's going to take hold. So, awesome. Well, the rest yeah. of
0: you guys, don't forget to check out explorelikepirate for all sorts of other more ideas, vlogs, blogs, podcasts. Um, also if you could do me a favor hit the subscribe button on my new youtube channel the link to that is youtube.com slash mr matera love for you to like start building that community out that'd be great and everybody thanks for listening it is such an honor for you, you know for you to be part of this um community here in well played and Join us on Explore Like a Pirate on Tuesday. We'd love to have you at 9 Central Standard Time. Enjoy your week and play on.